Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Left side wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route. Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Holmes will fire it late for the end zone, caught! Marquez Valdez-Scantling on his backside! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City! This is the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Here's Jay Binkley. And welcome in as uh, the city quiets down and gets ready to go back to work. Thanksgiving weekend ends with a bang. The Chiefs win in Las Vegas once again. You know what? They've never lost in Las Vegas, the city that never sleeps. They put Chiefs all over the sphere out in Las Vegas. Home of the F1 race was it last weekend, something like that. Chiefs get a 31-17 victory. Wasn't easy in the first half. But, man, did this team turn things around. I'm Jay Binkley, along with producer Isaac Deer. Chiefs win 31-17, Isaac. Didn't, we'll take phone calls in just a minute, but they did not make this thing look pretty at first. No. It looked rough in that first half until they started tying things up. That first quarter, ooh, that was brutal. But, man, did they turn things around. A big old oof for sure. And, you know, it was it was bittersweet, you know, when – when they go into the half, it's like, ah, oh, man, I, they haven't put up any second-half points lately. Hopefully today's the day they turn it around, and they sure did today. That's right. The Chiefs had really struggled in the second half. Today was not the case for the Kansas City Chiefs. 17 points in the second half, and we all know the struggles. We all know the struggles of the drops. We all know the struggles of the Chiefs scoring in the second half. Matter of fact, uh, even go back to the uh, – 19 points is all they've scored in the uh, fourth quarter all season long. As a matter of fact, uh, the second half, the last three games, they haven't scored at all. They can't score in the second half. Three straight games with zero points in the second half. They had to turn things around. They made it their mission. They made their objective to do it. All the drop passes, yes, that wasn't cleared up 100% today. Rasheed Rice had his best game as a Kansas City Chief, still had two drops on the day. Juwan Taylor, a couple penalties as well. But the Chiefs turned things around offensively, got the job done. And my biggest thing with the Chiefs in this game is it's about taking steps. You know, other teams in this league are taking steps backward. The Buffalo Bills had a chance to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, like the Chiefs did last week, and the Bills fell to 6-6. Six and six. The Bengals lose today. They're 5-6. and six. So those teams that were there on this first tier with the Chiefs are not there anymore. Baltimore is. They're playing the Chargers tonight. Chiefs are actually tied record-wise with the uh, Ravens. Excuse me, the Ravens and the Chargers tonight. Chiefs and Ravens are tied. Ravens have played one more game. They have a bye week after this Chargers game tonight. But the Chiefs had slipped to fourth seed in the AFC. They're back up to number one at this point. They hold tiebreakers over. Miami had the head. Jacksonville had the head. And Baltimore, if they're tied with Baltimore in the same record, they hold the tiebreaker of Baltimore because all three of their losses have been in the AFC, and two of the Chiefs' three losses have been NFC losses. But the main thing to me, and I really wanted to see it, what would the Chiefs do if the defense didn't look like it's playing well? And at first quarter, the Raiders, they held time of possession. They held the ball. They were converting third downs. As a matter of fact, the Raiders were 29th in the NFL on third down percentage, 32.6%. But every time they were converting it, Aiden O'Connell didn't look like a rookie from Purdue. 
Antonio Pierce, you know, is two and one as a head coach, interim head coach. They're playing well for him. What would happen to Chiefs if the defense couldn't play well? Could the offense turn things around and carry this team? Well, in the second half, you saw both kind of work in unison. You saw the offense continue to move the football. Chiefs ended up with more total yards than the Raiders and more time of possession. Things evened out for a team that only had the ball three plays in the first quarter. Raiders did everything you could to beat the Chiefs. They were celebrating. They were loving it. They were feeling themselves, which we've seen a million times. If I had a nickel for every time I saw a player celebrate from another team that they were going to beat the Chiefs, like Frisco in the Super Bowl, taking the taking the selfie and the fake picture in the end zone, it all comes back to bite you, especially when they're playing this team. Again, the Bills can't keep it up. The Bengals can't keep it up. The Chiefs are, and that's the most impressive thing because they haven't played their best game. They're not a very good team offensively right now. They're turning things around. They've got to get to that point where they're catching the football consistently. They played good defense this year, third in points per game coming in tonight. But how, what would this offense do if they said, okay, we need some points? Because obviously the Raiders missed a field goal in the first half. Could have been 17 to nothing at one point. Would the offense be able to come back? Would the defense hold the Raiders? Which the Raiders are moving the ball up and down the field, converting on third downs. Ended up 7-14 to on third down conversions. But would the Chiefs do enough to win? Because it's tough to win in this league. We know it's tough. It's tough to stay on top. It is tough to stay on top. You know, last year, they had five rookie defensive backs playing in the Super Bowl. The leading rusher was a seventh-round pick. They needed all that to win the Super Bowl. And they went in with the wide receiver group they thought would be better than they are at this point. I will say this. It was wonderful to see Rasheed Rice over 100 yards. 107 yards on the day. The Chiefs going into this game were the only team in the National Football League that had not had a receiver that had 85 yards. Tight end, yes. Kelsey, yes. But had not had 85 yards in a game. The only team without a receiver doing that. They had struggled offensively. Had struggled at receivers. So it was nice to see a receiver actually go out and and do that like Rasheed Rice, which they're going to have to count on him. They're going to have to count on him because, to me, he's the buster of the shell defense. He's a yards-after-catch guy. He's a guy that can make you pay. They'll throw it to him short, and he'll make you pay. When he, when he has the football in his hands, the kind of runner he can become. We saw several things. Chiefs gave up an opening drive touchdown. 14 of the last 15 games, they had not done that. So it's like, okay, what's the offense going to do? What's the offense going to do when pressed in a situation that they have to come down and score? And they were able to do it. And listen, I know it's the Raiders. But this Raiders team is a pesky team. They're playing on house money, and I know they're playing in Vegas, but they're playing on house money. They, they have had some good games, some close games with the Chiefs. And really, you just can't count any win in the National Football League a win because you never know what teams are going to do. I still believe the Chiefs have given two of their three wins away. I think the Broncos beat the Chiefs fair and square, uh, even though your quarterback had the flu, and I do think that makes a difference. But the Lions game, the Chiefs gave them that game. The Chiefs gave the Eagles their win. So two of the three losses were just hand-delivered by the Chiefs to them. As we said, going in the year, the only team that can beat the Chiefs is the Kansas City Chiefs. But the offense did come alive. Rasheed Rice did his job. Travis Kelsey became the fastest tight end in history to have over 11,000 yards. Travis Kelsey with a nice game. I know people are getting worried about him, but six catches, 91 yards. And, oh, what's he going to do without Taylor Swift in attendance? Which I'm tired of that narrative, by the way. <laughs> I am very, very tired of that narrative. Yes, coincidentally, he has had better games with her here. But let's not forget something. Travis Kelsey's a Hall of Famer before he met Taylor Swift. What? 
He hosted Saturday Night Live before he met her. Okay, he's he's been a made guy in the National Football League before he even met her, so let's not get crazy on that. But Rasheed Rice, eight catches, 107 yards. Mahomes uh, fine, or, uh, ends up two yards shy of 300. Really productive game. That one pass to Travis Kelsey from Mahomes is absolutely ridiculous. 27 to 34, 298. And two touchdowns, was sacked one time for seven yards, still the least sacked quarterback in the National Football League. Aiden O'Connell, okay, played pretty decent, 248 yards and a touchdown for the rookie. But again, the defense started turning things around. The offense started turning things around without him. But what do you think about the Chiefs? Because last week, everybody's pretty down. And I get it, man. The offense looked terrible. Drop passes. Are the Chiefs going to be able to do it? You still have that feeling at the end of games where the Chiefs aren't going to win it. But now as you sit back and you see all these other teams losing, as really they did the last two weeks, just teams that right in front of you just crumbled in front of you, Denver's found a way to turn her season around, and they look pretty good. But all these other teams are losing, and things are falling right into the Chiefs' hands. The Bengals don't have Burrow the rest of the year. He's done. Their, their team's not any good. The Buffalo Bills are not any good. Stephon Diggs throws hissy fits after every game. He was throwing one again tonight. That team is not in unison. They're going to end up firing Sean McDermott, and they need to because Buffalo still has a bit of a window with Josh Allen. They'll always have a bit of a window with Josh Allen. But right now that team sucks, and uh, they're they're fighting with each other, and that's not what you do as a team. But the Chiefs finally, you know, to get that, uh, that misnomer with the wide receivers, you know, is again, they had not had a receiver more than 85 yards. Valdez Scanton. Lynn had 84 yards back in week seven. Um, most drops by receivers, according to next-gen stats. One of three teams did not have a receiver with 450-plus yards. They do now with Rasheed Rice. But enough about me. We'll hear from the locker room. We'll hear from Chief Sideline reporter Josh Klingler. We'll hear from the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. But right now and throughout the entire show, we hear from you. Let's go no huddle. Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can need to block the putter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline. At the 30, he's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in play. He's down to the 5 yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. That's right, 913-586-7610. It's also the Jay Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. We'll take a, a timeout right here for uh, station identification as we're uh, a little bit off kilter here with the uh, the time. So we'll do this, then we'll take your call. Patrick Mahomes joins CDOT Mondays at 310. 610 Sports Radio. KCSP Kansas City. WDAF HD2 Liberty. Always live on the free Odyssey app. There you go. It's time for no huddle. Enough of me. It's time for you. Let's go to Wichita, Kansas. Snowy Wichita, Kansas yesterday and talk to Kyle. What's up, Kyle? You are right. We are snow. I, I recorded seven inches at my house. Is that right? Seven about. inches? Well, it's like, hey, man, I saw it was hitting Wichita. You know it hit Manhattan. We, we got some, but it didn't really stick on the roads very well. A little bit did, nah, but uh, I was hoping nah, for it more. Was, it was seven inches at the house. i tell you what, we're right about 12 inches for the yearly average. It was a weird thing. But it's anyway, a weird thing. The, the reason I'm calling in today I will tell you this, every division game, I really don't get that upset about, except for the Raiders. I got to tell you, tonight, it doesn't matter if they came back, it doesn't matter if it was what it was, it's 
still worried me. And I got to tell you, at the end of the day, I'm glad we came out with the win. But if I'll tell you, why did that game plan, why did the 20-play script end up what it was? Well, the script was not good initially because they only had three plays in the first quarter. Second quarter started, they ended up uh, not getting it. I, to be honest with you, Kyle, I wish they had two scripts. I've been calling for this. They've usually done so well with that opening drive script. I want to see one for the second yeah. half. I like to see separation. We got a little bit of that today because they were able to put teams away, put the Raiders away. They get up to 31 to 17. Like usually the way they've been playing this game stays at 24 to 17 or 21 to 17. Yeah. And a team becomes one, one, one score away from tying them. But at least able to put a little bit of separation. That's what I'd like to see. Again, the Chiefs covered nine points on the road. That's still impressive against the division opponent. Exactly. But my question to you is, why would they put themselves into a position where they're going to leave people in the worry? My question to you is, why, 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 with the injuries we had, with the players we had out, why would we sit there and worry about those little plays, those types of a situation where we're going to possibly put ourselves in a situation where we could lose? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, <laughs> the Raiders are on scholarship, too. I mean, they're, they're paid to play and they're two and one with their new interim coach i mean things aren't exactly easy you can't say hey raiders here's the deal we're gonna be throwing this guy more and we're gonna give she rice a few and we're gonna score a touchdown please let us do it this is on the script this is what we're gonna do unfortunately sometimes scripts don't work and nfl teams that have guys that are paid to be professional athletes stop other teams that are paid professional athletes it's what happens but it's can you make the adjustment to that and i thought the chiefs did raiders came out and they punched chiefs in the mouth they came out, they were physical on offense, physical on defense. They are moving the ball, especially on third down. And the Chiefs had to stop the wave. Because those type of games sometimes get out of hand. They get out of control and you can't come back and win them. But they were able to settle things down. Completely settle th- things down offensively. Get the defense, you know, back working. And looking like the defense we've seen all year. But again, I was wanting to see the offense. Can the offense do something? Or are they going to have to rely on the defense to be good every single game? And it wasn't at first. Now it ended up, you know, only three points by the Raiders in the second half. But the first, you know, quarter and a half, Raiders did everything they wanted on offense. Go to Lance in Overland Park. What's up, Lance? Hey, not too much, Jay. Just sitting here cheering for the Chargers, even though it doesn't feel right. But um, anyways, man. It does, uh, it does it. It doesn't, man. I was sitting there pulling for the Bills earlier, and uh, just real quick while I got it on my mind, was that good or bad for the Chiefs that the Bills lost? Because I know I wanted the Eagles to lose, but what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I I don't really care if the Eagles won or lost, to be honest with you, because it doesn't matter. They're in the NFC. I I think the Bills losing is a good thing. The Bills are the ultimate roller coaster team. They're the flavor of the week, the flavor of the month. Uh People either love them or hate them, and they do both. Like, they'll hate them. Oh, man, this team sucks. Oh, look at them. Look at them. They're good. Oh, they go to London, lose the Jaguars. They suck again. Oh, people are really on the bandwagon now. Once they they beat the Dolphins, oh, it's a good team. Going into this game, oh, it's a good team. Look, they're beating the Eagles. I'd just soon the Bills be put away. 
Um, right. It's a loser organization that chokes all over itself. Josh Allen is a good player. Sean McDermott's a terrible coach. They've already gone through an offensive coordinator. They throw hissy fits on the sideline. It's a bunch of losers. I just soon get them away. Yeah, I I, I tell you, man, I, it it they lose goodbye, good riddance. I I was really pleased to see Rasheed Rice though come out, man. Even with the drop, I, I just I just like it. I like his style. That catch down the sideline. I think it was in the third quarter. It, it was kind of Jamar uh, Chase esque with snagging it up in the air and just using all his hands. And I really hope this is the game when we win the Super Bowl that we look back and we're like, that was the game where we turned around. The turning so, point. All right. L- all right, love you, Jay. I'll uh, listen off the air like I always all right, do. My Go to- all right, my friend. That was a little hard on the Buffalo Pills, but, I mean, show me some consistency. They've now lost three of the last four games. They lose today to Philadelphia 37-34. Yeah, they looked good the week before, beating the Jets 32-6, to which, by the way, everybody's beating the Jets right now. You talk about a coach that was feeling himself. Robert Sala, seriously, man, take off the red shoes and the clown nose because you're a clown, man. You're a total clown as a head coach. Here's a guy that says his team has got an embarrassed quarterbacks. He was feeling himself, man. They beat Mahomes. They beat uh, Josh Allen. The real embarrassment is you. The real embarrassment is your quarterback that was the second pick in the draft. The real embarrassment is the fact that he's the third-string quarterback at this point. That's the embarrassing thing, Robert Sala. The embarrassing thing is you can't win without Aaron Rodgers. And now he's going to come back from an Achilles injury way too early, but your team's going to be buried by that anyway. But they've lost to Denver. It's okay. Chiefs lost to Denver. They lost to the Bengals before that. Again, the Buffalo Bills up and down, up and down. Their quality of wins, okay, they beat the Buccaneers. They beat the Giants. But just getting the Bills kind of out of the way. I like Josh Allen a lot, and I like pieces of that defense. I like there's, there's the team, but the, but the coaches, not good. Not good. And the, the constant fighting with Stephon Diggs and everything else. That just that's not what good teams do. Yeah, and canning Ken Dorsey, what was that, two weeks ago? They fired Ken Dorsey. Which did make a lot that, of sense. That was a little premature, but yeah, it's Buffalo, you kind of know what you're gonna get. I, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but I also think it's kind of weird. I'm also in that thought where uh there might be quite a few teams that are better than them that are gonna end up in the playoffs. But yeah, the choking. Uh, was Josh Allen 0 for 6 in overtime? They, they, they yeah. do, man. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And I'm sure Bills fans would tell you the same thing. They finally talked themselves into, okay, okay, we didn't give Mahomes, which honestly, Buffalo, anytime you're tired of hearing about the Chiefs and their success and seeing Chiefs fans go nuts, which they're tired of it, look in the damn mirror, man. Your team traded the 10th pick in the draft for the Chiefs to draft Mahomes. You could have had him. You could have had him. You should have had him. But no, your ego got in the way. And then all of a sudden you talked yourself into Josh Allen. Sorry, but Josh Allen is not Patrick Mahomes. It is your fault 100% that the Chiefs are built up. Also, a couple years ago when the Chiefs run to the Super Bowl, Mahomes first, or they remember the 13-second game? They ended up consummating that, but the Bills had beaten the Chiefs in the regular season. Everybody crowned them, right? They're, they're the best team in the NFL. Then they lose the Titans the following week, the Bills did. They lost to Urban Meyer back when he was with Jacksonville. Remember how bad that team was? Yes. They lost 9-6. to six. And then they had Indy score 41 of them in Buffalo, New York. And that game ended up being in Kansas City because they choked down the stretch. They have nobody to blame but themselves. But they like to point the fingers at others. And they hold things, you know, they hold grudges and they wait. But this team has been up and it's been down. You need a new coach. Don't waste Josh Allen.
Yeah. Well, Josh Allen did have that opportunity in the end uh, against the Eagles with a wide open Gabe Davis, but I don't know if that was a miscommunication. Not sure if that was Josh Allen's fault. Not sure if it was Gabe Davis's fault. Not sure if it was McDermott's fault. That was an ugly end to, oh, yeah, the Eagles are going to go down and score and win this game. But. I'm just waiting to see some consistency, man. I'm waiting for someone in the AFC to have consistency. And not only that, I'm waiting for somebody to start putting some damn respect on Andy Reid's name, who, by the way, becomes the all-time winner, winningest coach in Chiefs history, pass, passing Hank Stram. He's already the winningest coach in Philadelphia history. He is the only coach. That's right. You heard me. The only coach in the National Football League to be the winningest coach with two different organizations. But they, it is tough. Andy Reid will never sniff coach of the year. Won't even, won't even come close. Won't even, he's done it one time. It's like back in 02. He won't sniff it. But it is so tough being the king of the hill. I mean, you get a, a lot of criticism all over the place. Brett Beach took a ton last week. You know, people talking about the wide receivers. But but here's the one thing about it is, is interesting. All these people that were criticizing Beach, he was rather hypocritical. I mean, it was pot meat kettle. Because, oh, so, uh, what about the defense, man? You think these de- the defense was brought to you by the Magic Fairy? You think they, they sprinkled us to Jalen Watson and Trent McDuffie to this team? Did they just magically get these guys or did Brett Veach draft them? I mean, seriously, people. You were losing your damn minds last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and you know, and we, to think about how far we've come earlier when Kevin Harlan mentioned on the broadcast in the first quarter, that was the first time that the Chiefs hadn't had a rushing attempt in the first quarter since week one, September 11th of uh, 2011. You look at that stats, it's like, oh, Matt Castle had a 128 yards, a touchdown, an interception. De- Dexter McCluster led the team in all-purpose yards from 2011 to 2023. It's been a dramatic rebuild and, and you know, the winningest coach in NFL history. I mean, it took a lot of work for Andy Reid and management to get this team, get this organization to where it is today. But just to think about how far that the Chiefs have come and, heck, even the last six years, seven years, it's it's insane. And you know what? The, the wide receivers drive me crazy. It's driven me crazy all year, to be honest with you. Drove me crazy last year at the draft. I will say this. Seven wide receivers in the first round is the NFL record back in 2004. I believe it's top tops this year. Chiefs aren't going to have to to jump in the twenties. Last year, the rumor was they tried to jump up into the top twenty or uh, round twenty or so in the draft to draft a wide receiver. I think they desperately need one. We'll see what happens uh, going forward with that. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Choo choo. Hey, hey, Bink, how's it going, man? Thanks for taking my call. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Everybody Same to you, buddy. Yeah, everybody out there. So, what an awesome weekend starting Thursday with some football you know and and then and then friday nfl and high school uh playoffs and championship games and and in college and then cap it off with the chiefs win Woo! Think, you know i'm glad you talked about andy reed kind of stole some of my thunder i'm glad you got that out there i don't think people appreciate him or the league what you just said when uh being the winningest coach on two different teams that's that's a legend hall of famer way to go big red and Bank, I don't understand what the first caller is script. What, what's scripted? Who cares about that? They well, got the, the win, everybody. The, because their script is becoming so popular in those opening drives. Whenever they move in the football, it's kind of like they go off script. It's like, okay, what happened? What happened to the offense? They, when they're on script, they're very good. But again, as what I've been saying, have two scripts. Have another script That's, for second half. Start making some separation. Whatever it is, do it. I'm all for that. Well, and you know, scripts, the other team's scripting you too. So everything just doesn't work out. And then, Bink, I, there's a couple things that stood out in this game that some people might not notice. Um, we came out flat, and the Raiders punched us in the mouth, but the Raiders do what they do. Their kicker missed a 
30-yard field goal. That was huge, man. And then the punt, he was really consistent. He shanked what he made, but he's really good position, field position there. So those were some really Hang on, Big T. Hang on a second. Hang on one second. We'll put you on hold real quick, Big T. We're losing you. Big T's uh, fired up and ready to go. Let's put him on hold uh, for just a second. Check that connection, Big T. Uh, let's go to Dave and Independence. Big T, we'll go right back to you, but you're, uh, we couldn't hear you. Dave and Independence, what's up, my man? Dave, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, man. You, 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 you got to stop running down these other teams, man. Baltimore, we're not that talented yet. And, and Baltimore Ravens are good. Bills are good. You 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 can't even go in there to Green Bay and and well, win all, on Sunday first night. First of all, and, and first Taylor of all, Swift is off until you know they, what you know what you're an idiot and you keep changing your name every week. You're an idiot. You calling a Stephen Lenexi, You calling these other people? You're an idiot, man. I'll do whatever the hell I want. And, and Baltimore can't hold our jock until they start winning. Okay, it's been the Chiefs right now and nobody else. So if you're a big Baltimore fan, call their post game show. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, Raven Steve or whatever the hell your name is. Go flat. Go, go for him. Go for him. Go for the Ravens. Go check it out. What's up, Big T and Shawnee? Sorry about that. Hey, that's all right. Can you hear me okay? Kind of. You're kind of going in and out. Okay. We good? We good? Kind of, Big T. What's up, my man? Hey, so, man, I just want to finish the call, man. Nice win. And then, uh, you know, those injuries that happened weren't, weren't a fluke. Those three guys are out. You saw what the receivers did today. And it's kind of going to take care of itself. Just like when you have injuries, it just takes care of itself. Uh, Reese or, or Rice, damn good game today. Kelsey, damn good game. The running game was sweet. And how about that defense? They held it to 17 points, Dave. The, the Chiefs own this division. They'll be fine. And I, you know that you're right about that Steve guy. He's an idiot. I don't know what plan he comes he, he from. He called as a him. Kyle in Independence or something. Now it's it's, it's he, getting old, man. He's he's starting to fool everybody here. It, it's a joke, man. Come on, man. He's psycho. He's a loser. I mean, I don't get it, but. Then, Way to go, Kansas City Chiefs. Good victory. We kicked the Raiders' butt, man. We put them down, and let's put – I'm glad the Buffalo got me. You're right. It's Sean McDormand. That guy mm. – I can't believe they didn't fire him. And then, Bing, what about Washington? What an idiot organization that is. We're going to fire our defense coordinator, Jack Delia, which he should be fired, but should be Jack Del- uh Should be uh, Ron Rivera. And i like to see uh, Eric Yannick be that coach there. But it's all about the Chiefs tonight. Way to go, Chiefs. Way to bounce back. You're right, that Eagles game didn't mean nothing. We'll be fine. And as always, let's go Chiefs. There you go, Big T. I was able to hear that time. Lost you just a little bit there, but it all came back clear, man. All came back clear. No, but seriously, though, you know, Baltimore, whatever, I mean, it's fine. They're up 7-3 to in the Chargers. Let's not forget the Baltimore Ravens were the team. The Chiefs didn't have a left tackle. Say what you want about Orlando Brown. The Chiefs used him for two years, man. They wouldn't have won the Super Bowl with him because of it. You didn't have anybody. The draft that year was the COVID draft. Liam Eisenberg and Sam Cosby and Alex Leatherwood and all these guys, none of them became left tackles. Some are out of the league. And some are bouncing around. They had nobody. They tried to get Trent Williams from the 49ers signed. Until 2 or 3 in the morning. Didn't work. They didn't have anything. They called the Ravens up. They got a deal with Orlando Brown. And they got their left tackle. Not only that, they got pick 58 in the draft. They became Nick Bolton. It became the uh, second leading tackler in the NFL last year. It's because of Baltimore. Again, the Chiefs' biggest rivals are the biggest problem why they're good. It's Buffalo's fault, and it's Baltimore's fault, and it's really nobody else's fault but those two teams. So, yes, Baltimore can sit here and play around and look good and all that. The Chiefs still hold the tiebreaker uh, over them and Miami and Jacksonville. 
uh, tough deal with it at that point. But again, nobody's to blame but those two teams uh, for building up the Chiefs, and I'll always be thankful for Baltimore and Buffalo. Let's go to AR in Overland Park. What's up? What's up, Jay? How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, not bad. So, hell of a win, obviously, right? And people keep sleeping on my man, Andy Reid. Uh, you think this You think this receiving core gets this figured out the second half of the season or no? There's no chance. I don't know. I, that's the, the jury's out on that one. The jury's way yeah. out on that. I, I, Rice had a nice game because he was over 100 yards. I'm not going to get too crazy about a guy that had 107 yards uh, when you're used to more. And, again, look how deep they are in the season. And they were the only team in the NFL without a receiver over 84 yards. I mean, that was that was, that was pretty bad. Um, you know, the Raiders pass defense pretty good. They're 11th in the NFL. I'm not going to get too excited. I want to see them back it up. Back it up. That's a good start. This was a good start. And you're without Kadarius Toney. You're without uh, McCole Hardman. Not that they make a huge amount of difference because they don't. But they were able to get the job done. But I'm not going to get too excited about it until you back it up. I'm interested to see what they do with Richie James. I guess the jury's not on that. You know what? I like Richie James. You know, he does fumble a little bit, like nine out of 59 times. A lot of those on special teams, a little bit concerned. But, uh, you know, you had him for two weeks earlier this season. He was active this game. So, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, I, any, anybody else that's somebody different. Uh, I, would, I mean, a guy that can put up 650 with Daniel Jones is probably all right. But nonetheless, Daniel Jones' best him. weapon. But, you know, and again, Richie James, yeah, I, I hope so. He's new blood. All right, let's get anybody and everybody. He was active today, I do believe. He didn't get anything. I was he, he on that? Was he on that double reverse? Well, yeah, he was on there. It. He was on it, but he and Marquez Valdez Scanton combined for one catch for minus one yards. Richie James and MBS. Um, and if you want those Sky Moore in there too, there's four catches for thirty-three yards. If that's uh, what excites you, Sandra in Phoenix. What's up? What Sandra? What Sandra? Oh, Who Sandra. Sandra? Sorry, I can't really spell that out. No, on the call. I, I'm an idiot for saying that. Sorry, Sandra. <laughs> Sorry, Sandra. I, okay, I wasn't going to call at all, and then you did that hold the jock thing, and I had to call because that was hilarious. And anytime you beat the Raiders, and any way you beat the Raiders, I love it. I like to think of Chiefs Raiders like uh, Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote, because every time the Raiders think they got you, we're meet meeping right past. And I'm okay with Justin Watson uh, talking trash to the Raiders. I always I love that stuff. One of my favorite things about quarterback. This was the eleventh win in the last twelve against that team. Eleventh in the last twelve. They're now sixteen and two in their last eighteen. If you remember, they're they're kind of the high water mark was in 2014, the year the Chiefs didn't make the playoffs. Chiefs were seven and three. The Raiders are zero and ten, and the Raiders beat the Chiefs and it derailed them, and they never made the postseason. So. Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, you always have to remember. Very satisfying. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, and Same I'll spell my name the next time I Sorry, call. Sorry, Sandra. It's not right. Bye. All right. Goodbye, Sandra Phoenix. Let me have it. Hmm. Connor Sandra never did that again. Uh, uh, what can you do? What was, can you do? Well, it's my fault. I I, I should have known. No, I, no, seriously, I've seen that name on there for years. <laughs> Royals, Chiefs, whatever, and I screwed up. It's my fault. I uh, fumbled. I was Kadarius Tony. Let's go to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? 
Hey, Bink, how you doing? Yeah, this is Rasheed Rice is coming out for it. Let's see him do it again next Sunday at uh, Lambeau. And I, I was really proud of Pacheco with two touchdowns and uh, 55 yards, even though they, they didn't stop Josh Jacobs uh, to 110 yards. They did a great job in the second half, and the defense was lights out. And I just watched uh, Eagles shot the Bills. And, uh, yeah, Jake Davis, I, I ran the wrong route, Bink, and turned down. It looked like he was wide open. He just found the wrong route. And the Jets are a joke, you know. I'm, I'm not a Jets fan, but, boy, uh, did you see the ball? Uh, uh, Hail Mary uh, touchdown that was run back by uh, yeah Javon Holland man. Oh, I just like hearing you say Jets are a joke. Oh yeah, the Jets are a joke, and they're, and they're saying on the talk shows, Mike Francesa, that if Rodgers comes back, which he shouldn't, if he wants to play and if he gets served, the Jets would be a laughing stock. So, what do you think about that, Bink? Yeah, I, man, Jets they got issues. They got issues in New York. Like New York football is, is bad. And people loved Brian Dayball, and he's not getting along well now with his defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. He's going to be ran. You know, he thought they thought he was the magic elixir for Josh Allen. Let's not forget about Brian Dayball. He was the worst offensive coordinator I've ever seen with the Kansas City Chiefs. 2012, remember how bad that team was? Chiefs didn't have a lead nine weeks in the season. They were getting, being compared to the 1927 Buffalo Bison. That was led by Brian Dayball. Mm. Let's go to Luke. In Waldo. Luke, I'm not sure. Hey, yeah, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I mean, this is a good win. I love Pacheco. He runs like he hates the earth. He hates what he is running on. It's great. But why is Graham Zussi still starting for sporting? Why is he still coming in? What is going on? How did we lose that game? Luke, Luke, this is a Chiefs Luke. postgame show, Luke. I, I, I don't know what's going on with Zussi. I didn't have the game on tonight. I don't have the uh, game on. The match. I didn't have the match on tonight. Play him! Yeah. I don't know. What's, what's the deal? Uh, yeah. We didn't have Apple TV. Maybe we do. It hidden was on somewhere. Fox Sports 1, right? Was it on Fox Sports yeah. 1? Oh. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. But I appreciate the call, Luke. I appreciate it. But uh, we've been locked in to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this is a Chiefs postgame show. So that uh, does help. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We come back. We'll uh, check in Las Vegas with Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs. Next, you're listening to the Arrowhead Fried Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7:30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. Chiefs get the win over Las Vegas, 31-17. They never lost in Las Vegas. Andy Reid becomes the winningest head coach in Philadelphia in Kansas City, the only coach ever to do that. Uh, we're going to check in with Josh Klingler in just a minute in Las Vegas. Let's talk to uh, Mario in Kansas City real quickly. What's up, Mario? Hey, Bink. How you doing, man? I love listening to you on the radio. i got to tell you, I've always loved your passion and love hearing you talk Chiefs football. Uh, and also the draft. But, uh, you know, Bink, you know, I love the Chiefs, Bink. I'm an older cat, man. And uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I still brought back anger when uh, Peterson <laughs> them didn't uh, start Gannon that, uh, when when he went, went seven and one. Oh, he's pissed about he that, too. Super Bowl that year, <laughs> Rich, is, but, Rich is bad, too. Yeah. But the thing of it is, Bink, and I just want to ask you this because I know you, you're a straight shooter, you shoot from the hip. 
I love the Chiefs, man. I, I want to see the Chiefs win as, as bad as anybody, man. The, the, the wide receivers have just kind of – I was hoping that, you know, come the second half they was going to show up, Bink. But, you know, Bink, at some point in time, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a, a talent issue or these guys just – and I just feel like, man, to see our defense improve and then see our receivers be so inconsistent. I just can't think of a guy that can just – go out there and really make a play consistently when we need it. It's talent. It's talent, Mario. Yeah. And so if that's the case, honestly, bro, I mean, I want to say we can – anything can happen in the tournament. But, I mean, our offense looks Alex Smith-ish. And uh, I just want to know, what would you do honestly moving forward? Because me personally, when I look at the Chiefs, I said, well, we've been investing heavily on the defensive side. But we need another running back to compliment Pacheco to put a little more shake that can catch out the backfield because McKinnon is hurt. He's getting old. He's old. And we need a guy that, that can play and help uh, uh, compliment Pacheco. And, of course, we need some wide receivers. And I was thinking in this past draft thing, I was I was uh, scouting those tight ends. I think we should have got one of those guys because uh, the guy at Oregon State, I liked him. And it was several guys that was out there, man. Uh, he went to Green Bay. I can't think of his name right now, but we'll be playing him next week. But but uh, I always like Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid was the guy I really like, man. He was, uh, he was, uh, man. Dalton Kincaid uh, ended up going to Buffalo, and yeah. that was the guy that uh, he went to pick twenty five. I mean, the Chiefs weren't that far away from getting him, but Dalton Kincaid was, was my favorite. Uh, tied in in that draft and yeah I mean last year you said hey you don't want to get to a certain situation where you look back at that draft and think oh you could have had a tight end uh but you didn't get him Sam Laporta went pick 34 uh to Detroit in that draft so you're thinking about these tight ends in the Oregon State uh, Luke Musgrave ended up going the second round pick 42 uh this year and I know the picks are limited this year but I do think the Chiefs go wide receiver in the first round um, the tight ends, eh, one through four is pretty, uh, you can say be good tight ends. Uh, the receiver class deep, man, deep. Again, I think that the record eight receivers is taking the first round this year. Okay. Well, I hope we can get a guy because, you know, when you look at a guy like Sky Moore being, I, I don't, I don't want to be negative, Ned, a critical cliff, but I, I never liked that Sky Moore pick because then I thought, okay, well, we'll give him a chance to see if he develops. But pretty much in the NFL, by by year two, if you don't kind of see it with a guy, it's kind of like watching that. You watch guys play, you say, okay, I can see it. You know, I can see some flashes. And then there's some other guys you see, like that Jets quarterback. You can see it, and you say, man, I don't see it with this guy. I don't see it. And, you know, you, and there's players you see him play, and you say, man, I, I, this guy's never going to be. Even that quarterback with the Steelers, I don't see this guy being a franchise quarterback. I don't see it. I just – I've seen him play several times, and I just don't see no flashes. And that's kind of how I feel about Moore. I just – I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, He's able uh, to identify talent at wide receiver. Because yeah. with, with the exception of Hill, tell me what quarter – what wide receiver have we really drafted that had a really good career? You probably got to go back to Dwayne Bowes, and he wasn't no great shake. But I'd go Tyreek Hill. What we had. I'd go Tyreek Hill. He's the best receiver that I've ever seen with the Chiefs. Yeah, we we struggled to – to me, historically, we—I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but it seems like we might need somebody 
that can really identify talent at the wide receiver. We can pick corners and and all line and D line. But we struggle with, with wide receivers and stuff like that. I, I You know what? I, watch this year's draft. We, we have a Character Concerns podcast that comes out every um, every Wednesday. Uh, Kirsten Ocero, and I, actually we release it on Mondays. I'm doing a one day later this week. But we take a look at the draft and the different selection. Marvin Harrison Jr. said he didn't know if he's going to come back or not. That'd be stupid. He's the first pick in the draft because he wants to beat Michigan. And unless, hey, just go to the NFL. Uh, they're going to be fine. But he, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors out of LSU, love that guy. Romo Dunze at Washington, Xavier Leggett at South Carolina, Mike Buka, Ohio State, Johnny Wilson, Florida State, 6'7", Xavier Worthy at Texas. We're talking first-round Troy Franklin's really emerged for Oregon. He's a stud. Keon Coleman at Florida State. We go on and on, these first-round receivers. The biggest problem is a lot of times there's two and three receivers at these schools. And you really have to pay attention to who's on who. Like when LSU, you know, played Alabama, you're saying, all right, who's Kool-Aid McKinstry on? The outstanding corner with Cooper DeGene being hurt for Iowa, probably the best corner in the draft. So who's he on? Well, which player is he on uh, throughout the process? And that's the important thing. But like Tavion Sanders, tight end of Texas, probably be there. Um, would say that uh, Keith Stover will be there from Ohio State, but Brett Veach doesn't draft Ohio State guys. So <laughs> count on that one. And Brock Bauer is going to be gone. Uh, before the Chiefs pick, and that's actually my dream selection for the Chiefs is Brock mm-hmm. Bowers, but um, I don't see it happening. No. I don't see it happening. And, and I understand Mario's concern, too. I, I don't think he's alone in this, but I guess if you look back in the short history of Brett Veach's tenure, you know, defense horrendous with Bob Sutton. He goes out, he fixes it little by little, piece by piece. He's, this is what the defense is today. A lot of guys on rookie contracts. And then you see in the Super Bowl where Mahomes gets absolutely pummeled by Tampa Bay. He goes out, he gets signs Orlando Brown. He makes some improvements on the offensive line. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, all drafted. Uh, signing Joe Tooney, I think that might have been before. But, you know, it's a small small sample size, and the history is not too big. But uh, when there is a glaring problem, I feel like that he in the offseason he'll go out and try to fix it. It's a little more difficult this year because the money is tight. The cap is tight, but in this history of Brett Beach, it seems like that he's going to go all out and improve the wide receiver well, core this year. And here's the one thing about it. And to be fair, they haven't made it an emphasis, the wide receiver position, because they've had other positions to fix. Absolutely. They want to work on the offensive line. That's why they brought Wanya Morris in. He, for the second time this year, he came in for Donovan Smith. Um, I think they like that pick going forward. Um, he's built uh, defensive backs. You got that. This is the year to go out and get wide receivers. I'm not talking like one. Like, and I did like Sky Moore coming out of the draft. I'll admit that I did like him. Guy caught everything. Had the biggest hands in the draft. I love Sky Moore. Rasheed Rice, you can understand why. He had 96 catches for SMU last year. Second on the team was 38. Third on the team was 28 catches. He caught everything. He caught everything thrown to him. He's kind of a difference maker. It's a guy that was kind of one man on the field. Like Mahomes at Texas Tech. He got scored touchdown every time he's on the field. He was everything for SMU's offense, Rasheed Rice. But that was it. It was Friday night of the draft. It was Wanya Morris and Rasheed Rice. Actually, Rice and Wanya Morris. That was the only offensive selections. This year, I do feel, let's, let's give him a chance. You know, go out and draft two wide receivers and a tight end. We'll see how they work. You know, it's hard to judge just one because they've had all these other positions. But the reliance on, okay, Mahomes can take receivers and make them better, that's great in theory. That is great in theory. But you have a quarterback like that once in your life. Because 
I mean, 49ers did have Montana and Steve Young, so it does, and the Packers did have Favre and Rodgers, so it does happen. But they're generational quarterbacks, and you got to feed them with weapons. Because if you think a quarterback automatically makes the talent around them better, ask Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison how much Peyton Manning made them better. Because they're pretty damn good all in themselves. Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison are pretty damn good receivers. Now, I'll give Manning credit for, like, Brandon Stokely and taking those guys. It was the perfect combination with Manning. Have some big weapons, man. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with feeding a half-billion-dollar quarterback great offensive weapons. That's the MO of what this team is. When people think of Kansas City Chiefs football, it's about scoring points. It's about moving the football down the field. It's about having an offense that makes you intimidated. About an offense that keeps you up at night thinking about playing the Chiefs offense. Let's get back to that. Feed Mahomes weapons. He needs them. Why not? Make his life easier going forward. The 30s are the best years of a quarterback anyway. Supply him what he needs. Dan Marino had Duper and Clayton. How about, you know, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, and Frisco? It's okay to have good receivers with a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the year, though. I, I really do. I, and I know you believe it as well, that this is the year that they really go all out and address the issue. Oh, I think they will. I think they will be going to be creative doing it. But, again, I'll judge it when there's a couple. Because not everybody's going to hit, man. When you get one – and all of a sudden, that becomes your judgment. you got to judge everything on that one player. You can fail doing it that way. Sometimes you need two and three. Sometimes that works out. Look at Washington when they went out and drafted Kirk Cousins. But the real pick that year was RG3. RG3 didn't end up working out. Kirk Cousins did. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's because they threw darts. They threw darts and somebody works. I feel that way with wide receivers. Check in now with uh, Josh Klingler out in Las Vegas. Uh, Kling, of course, you hear him on Festival in the Morning. And also the Chiefs sideline reporter, but uh, he joins us each and every game uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's pretty pumped up about this one. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride post-game show. Now it's time to be joined by the sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs and also the co-host of Fesco in the Morning, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, Josh Klingler. Uh, Chiefs respond like they typically have done after a loss with a big win in Las Vegas. But down fourteen, nothing. I mean, that what that took some uh, that took some guts to kind of dig yourself out of. If you know you were feeling a little questionable uh, heading in, and maybe you had a little crisis of confidence, but no, they banded together, even down those two touchdowns early. Obviously, made some really big adjustments defensively. The offense got going, and I thought really showcased a lot of different things that we've been looking for. Um, and you know, turn it around, score points in the second half. I think. You know, did a lot after digging the early deficit, which made everybody nervous. They certainly uh, righted the ship awfully well. I think they were pretty happy, too, uh, with this win today. Just felt like that this team really felt like that coming back the way they did down 14, uh, you know, made a little statement for them today. Pretty happy locker room, to say the least. Yeah, I think that missed field goal by the Raiders in the first half was huge. The fact they go down there, they're going to score. They're going to go up 10 to nothing at that point. Heck, then the next touchdown would have been 17 to nothing. Uh, but, man, the, their attitude really really seemed to switch after that missed field goal. I know they scored after that, but it seemed to really deflate them after the missed neck or kick. Yeah, certainly that. And I think just kind of just making a, you know, a couple adjustments in the, in the run game. And I think they were – I talked to Drew Tranquil after the game, and he said, you know, you know Jacob's kind of got us there for a few plays. And I thought he thought once they kind of settled in on him, you're able to kind of corral things and keep it in check. No, they didn't sack the quarterback a ton today defensively, but I thought they defended awfully well, you know, the primary guys and forced the Raiders to kind of go to some different avenues, a lot of stuff to the 
to the tight end, a lot of stuff. Obviously, Jacoby Myers, like second and third, kind of kind of outlet type guys. And uh, you know, you don't want the you don't want the Devontae Adams beating you. You don't want Josh Jacobs beating you, and make the others kind of beat you. So pretty good adjustment as well. I thought by the Raiders for a while in, in trying to go to those avenues. But, um, you know, defensively, they, they really adjust well in the midst of a game. Now, we haven't seen them give up points uh, as much maybe and then adjust. Uh, but the, the way that they seemingly figure things out as the game moves on is pretty impressive. And then it was good to see the offense do that. We haven't seen the offense this season anyway kind of make those adjustments um, as the game's going on because, you know, barely had the ball even in the first, what, quarter and a half. Uh, so they could actually get the football and get some get some uh, ground moving. But I thought once they did, I think short yardage. We saw some short yardage today. We saw them run the football today uh, with some with some vigor. Um, I think Rashi Rice obviously getting over 100 yards at that wide receiver position has been something we've been wanting to see. And I think the way he did it too was was pretty impressive. That that crossing route that he ran for the uh, for the score and uh, turned up the the Jets a little bit. Most probably reminiscent of what Juju gave you last year, right? So. I think there were definitely some signs today of uh, of improvement, and then again, being able to overcome the early deficit was was pretty big. Yeah, and it's kind of one of those things too, Kling. Where we got a real litmus test on the team. I was curious how they would respond. Like, how is this team going to respond if the defense? Now, the defense did turn things around. They really had them, held them in check there the second half. But I was thinking going into halftime, like, are we going to see the offense respond? They're going to have to score here in the second half. But how will this offense do if the defense just doesn't have a game like we're mm-hmm. used to seeing? And mm-hmm. it clearly looked like that was the case until the offense kind of had to wake things up because we weren't sure how the defense was going to play. Yeah, I think I think the offense maybe perked up first, and maybe they needed that too, you think, you know, in, in a way, right? They've been yeah. really leaning on the defense, and so and maybe they had to take it upon themselves a little bit to say, hey, let's go out and do something for ourselves and, and uh, get this thing back going in the, in the right direction. I thought the mentality was good offensively, and obviously once they got off the field defensively, I, I, you know, you don't see too many first quarters where the Chiefs aren't the ones dominating the time of possession. They had the football, what, less than two minutes in that first quarter, 223 yards. I think it was one point through the uh, early second quarter that – that uh, the Raiders were really getting after them and then, you know, kind of put their foot in their dirt defensively. And, and I thought, again, got, got enough going offensively today to, to overcome uh, some of the deficiencies, at least early on. And then you got a lot of people involved offensively. You got Kelsey, you know, uh, open in the middle of the field. Got Rashi Rice, as I mentioned before. Uh, Pacheco running uh, extremely hard. Got him involved in the pass game as well uh, without uh, Jarek McKinnon uh, in the passing game for those, you know, certain running back passing games. So, and the offensive line takes a ton of confidence out of this game, too. That's for sure. Well, they were they, a pretty happy bunch. I yeah. talked to Creed after the game and, yeah. and Trey Smith uh, as well. And, uh, yeah, they were pretty happy to see the see the short yardage especially turn in, in their favor today. Well, this could be a big game. And so many records, Phil. You know, Andy Reid uh, got over that hump. Now he's the all-time leader in Chiefs wins, uh, all-time leader in Philadelphia wins. So it's the only coach uh, that's the winningest coach Great. with two franchises. We saw that. We saw 14 out of the last 15 games. They had not allowed an opponent to f- a scoring drive. The Raiders did score on that one. But I think the crucial one to me, Kling, is something you kind of mentioned there. We didn't have any wide receivers with the Chiefs over 85 yards this year. They're the only team in the NFL that did not have one receiver with 85 yards in a game. Week 7, MVS had 84. So that one went bye-bye as finally the Chiefs with a 100-yard receiver. Now, I don't know what uh, Rasheed Rice can parlay this into, but I tell you what, though, the confidence building from a guy with eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown yeah. 
To me, he's the yards after catch guy, Kling. If people are going to play a two-shell or a shell defense, you got to hit him with yards after catch, and that's what he is. Well, that, and I thought the way he got those yards today, too, because he not only got the, the crossing route, obviously, which is huge, and that was the yak play for 39 in the touchdown, his biggest play, clearly, but had another play down the sideline. I thought, okay, he's kind of doing it in you know different ways, like showcasing, like, oh, I can be open down the sideline as well if you want to throw me one over the top. And so I think that's the next evolution for him, right, to show that he can be a, a complete receiver in that regard. Had one play where I thought today he uh, – kind of ran before he made the catch and ended up with a with a drop but you know those are things that I know we've seen we've we've seen quite a bit of that hopefully they they get cleaned up as we keep going but I I, I more so give him the pass than anything he's a rookie so um you know I, I thought he made an adjustment well didn't let that you know affect him and let him let him go in the tank but you know I thought I thought offensively again showed some showed some stuff today and I, I tell you what I, my favorite drive though big might have been the one where they were down at the goal line and ran it three straight times, <laughs> yeah. seemingly seemingly wanted to make sure they ran the football in. Um, so I thought, I thought, hey, yeah, go ahead and showcase that. We're all we're all looking to see what they can do on third, third and shorts and fourth and shorts and the short yardage goal line situations. I thought really kind of had a concerted effort to make sure they punched that one in the end zone on the ground. Yeah, see, like the confidence was there with the offense. Uh, maybe they can parlay this in the future. References with Rasheed Rice doing well. War without Kadarius Tony in this game. Clearly war without uh, – Jerick McKinnon and McCole Hardman in this game. So they were down weapons. We'll see if these guys uh, can come through with the Chiefs. But it's just Buffalo right now. You look at this uh, remaining schedule. It is still favorable for the Kansas City Chiefs going forward. Uh, Buffalo is going to be an object out there, but it is a home game for the Chiefs. But, you know, this is when you start cleaning things up. Remember it was last year where Jerick McKinnon had all his touchdowns, nine of them, after December 1st. So this is when the Chiefs, we all know how good they can be at Arrowhead in November and December. And, well, we're getting ready to turn the page to December. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going to have teams coming after you. Um, nothing's going to be a cakewalk. We've seen that this year, too. Nothing's going to end up being all that easy. The second matchup with the Raiders probably won't be easy as well. Um, but, yeah, they're in a favorable spot with the schedule. Um, back on track with a, with a win. Didn't give up an AFC game as well again today. So, you know, you, you stay clean in, in that regard and keep yourself uh, towards the top of the AFC standings. Yeah, Buffalo's the intriguing one, right? I think every other week you're kind of writing them off for dead, and then here they come and obviously play the Eagles great today. And and so um, I don't think that they're going to be any any tough out, to say the least, coming to uh, to Arrowhead Stadium coming up. Green Bay is playing well, too. Um, I, I thought, you know, they, they, they showed some some things before kind of kind of the wheels came off on the Thanksgiving game, but uh, Jordan Love's playing a little bit better at that quarterback position. I don't think that that's going to be an easy game on the road for the uh, for the Chiefs coming up and then, you know, back home for uh, for Buffalo the next couple of weeks. So the test will continue to be ahead. It's um, it's about, you know, finishing, <laughs> putting one in the checkmark box and, and moving on to the next one. And uh, today feels pretty satisfactory in that regard. Cling, last thing for you, you know, you need the catches charter flight. Uh, back to Kansas City. It sure did look like a lot of Chiefs fans uh, made their way in Allegiant Stadium. I'm sorry. It sure looked like a lot of Chiefs. It sure looked like a lot of Chiefs fans made their way in there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's unbelievable because it's a, it's at all levels of the stadium too, Bank. Like a lot of times you'll see like uh, maybe maybe fans are able to buy the seats kind of behind the bench. You know, those are kind of allocated to the visitors or whatever. It's all over the stadium. You see red and. And uh, I don't know, 50-50, maybe, maybe more. I don't know. It feels like it feels like that when the Raiders have a bunch of noise, I kind of wonder, like, where is it coming from? Because <laughs> there's just so many red, uh, 
red clad uh, fans in in attendance. So uh, it's it's definitely not a a pro home crowd. Whether or not we have the you know the majority or not, it, it certainly is a huge representation, and and they'll make noise uh, for for the uh, for the road team. So it's cool to see, especially when they have wear black and the Chiefs wear red. It really stands stands out yeah, stands when, out. when the, uh, the the red shirts are in the in the stands here at Allegiant. Great stuff, Kling. He's going to catch the charter back to Kansas City. He'll be in here at 558 in the morning with Fesco in the morning. Kling, take it easy. We'll see you uh, later this week, my friend. Yeah, we'll talk to uh, Derek Johnson tomorrow. He, the forever Chiefs linebacker joins us at 730, and then much, much more throughout the morning reaction to beating the Raiders. There you go, Josh Klingler, right there. Be in here at 558 in the morning with Fesco in the morning. We'll take a timeout. We come back. Isaac and I will bring you Touchdown Kansas City with the voice of Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, brought to you by Tullamore Come on, Lenny. Pump it in there, baby. Just keep matriculating the ball down the field, boys. You're listening to the Arrowhead Fried Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 310 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Raiders 31-17. to But now it's time, like every week, we hear the calls of the game, the scoring calls by Mitch Holtis, legendary Kansas City Chiefs broadcaster. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Batman! This stadium. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City! Well, started off with the Las Vegas Raiders getting on the board first. The Chiefs only had uh, three plays in the first quarter, but the Chiefs had not allowed an opening drive touchdown on 14 in the last 15 games. Not to be tonight. Spread set, including Devontae Adams on the near side. A single receiver. They're three by one. Snap back to O'Connell. Over the middle, caught wide open at the 10. Myers, five. Touchdown, Raiders. Somehow, Jacoby Myers broke wide open over the middle, and the Raiders get three third down conversions on the drive, and the last completed it, and the Raiders lead six to nothing. That's when they were cooking against this defense. Jacoby Myers, 18-yard pass from Aiden O'Connell. Nine plays, 75 yards, taking 528 off the clock. That was the only score in the first quarter because they had the ball the whole time. But then all of a sudden, it was Josh Jacobs getting a huge run against the Chiefs. They've been able to limit these runs, but all of a sudden, the Raiders looking to go up 14. First and 10 Raiders at their own 37. Seven, nothing. Under center, Jacobs again probing the left side, breaks free, 35, 45, and across midfield to the 30, missed tackle, 20, 10, 5, Josh Jacobs, touchdown, Raiders. A 63-yard run by Josh Jacobs. He's had a lot of carries. He just hasn't had a play like that this year. And the Raiders had the Chiefs on their heels. And Josh Jacobs is the 10th leading rusher in the NFL, but as a team, the Raiders were 29th in rushing in the National Football League. So the Raiders up 14 to nothing there. Uh, they had also missed a field goal earlier, but two plays, 77 yards, 42 seconds off the clock with that 63-yard TD run by Josh Jacobs. Then all of a sudden, it was the Chiefs' turn to flip this game around. 
Richie James comes in motion, tight slot to the left side. They're going to give it to Pacheco, and he slams into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Pacheco would not be denied, nor would Creed Humphrey, who got his backhoe out and just dug a hole for Pacheco, and the Chiefs are on the scoreboard. They made the score 14 to 7. Isaiah Pacheco, one yard touchdown runs, but it was a 12 play, 71 yard drive. Taken 6.03 off the clock for the Chiefs. It's 6.38 remaining in the second quarter on that. But the Chiefs would get into the end zone one last time. And again, they'd lead the NFL in points scored within the final two minutes. They had 60 within the final two minutes of the first half. They'll add to uh, that one with seven more. Max Crosby playing after being doubtful on the injured list. He's a wide nine technique. Chiefs will throw it third down and goal to go. Now Mahomes. And throws it late. Left side caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Justin Watson on a third down and goal to go throw. A flag is thrown in the end zone, however. They signaled the touchdown. It was uh, on Watson for barking there at the end. He was knocked down. He got back up, caught the touchdown pass. But Justin Watson, three-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes. Eight plays, 79 yards, taking 312 off the clock. That would be your halftime score. 14-14 each. The Chiefs chose to defer, so he'd get the ball first in the second half. And then it was guess who for his second, or excuse me, his first multi-touchdown uh, game of his career. 9.23 to go, third quarter. 14-14 tie. Chiefs first and goal to go at the one. Pacheco will go in the middle. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. And Pop has popped it twice in the sweet nectar. And the Chiefs have their first lead of the game on their third consecutive drive for a touchdown. Well, it's good to see the Chiefs get some uh, second half uh, scoring. Right there, third quarter, 9.15 left in third quarter, 10 plays, 75 yards, taking 5.45 off the clock. So they hadn't scored points in three straight uh, second halves. Not to be denied in this game here. The Raiders would get their final points here with a field goal. Daniel Carlson will try a 34-yard field goal. He missed a 30-yarder earlier in the game. This time, Carlson lines it up and gets his usual good field goal. So the Raiders make it 21 to 17 there. And you think, all right, the Raiders, Chiefs going to let the Raiders hang around, or are they going to score some points and have some separation? But right now, it's time for the Tolly touchdown of the game. Time to raise the glass with Tolamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tolly time because this was an unbelievable play. Mahomes to Rasheed Rice, the rookie. Edwards Hilaire is in as the third down back trying to get the call right. Here comes Watson in motion. They're going to throw a crossing pattern. Caught Rice, 30, angling 25 up the sideline. 15, inside the five. Touchdown, Kansas City. A 39-yard crossing pattern. And then zooming up the sideline, Rashi Rice with one of the biggest plays this season for the Chiefs. They have the coveted second half two-possession lead. So there you go, the two-possession lead coveted. Ten play, or excuse me, eight, six plays, 75 yards, 329 off the clock, 1340 in the fourth quarter. Chiefs go up 28 to 17 at that point. But it would be Mr. Automatic, Harrison Butker, to finish off the scoring for the Chiefs. 32-yard attempt here for Harrison Butker. 19 of 19 this season on field goals against the Raiders in his career, 16 of 17. 3.14 to go in the game. 
the pride of the Choctaw Nation. Winchester snaps it back to Townsend, and Butker's kick is good, and the Chiefs lead by two touchdowns. 31 to 17. Kansas City at 3:11 to go in the game. We don't talk about James Winchester enough, man. Just gets down, does his job. Mr. Automatic in his snaps. Butker's been Mr. Automatic. Knock on wood. Kicking for the Chiefs so far this year. Harrison Butker, 32-yard field goal there. Six plays, uh, taking three yards, 318 off the clock. That would be the final score of the game. That's touchdown Kansas City with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Chiefs win 31 to 17. Rasheed Rice, by the way, are a Tully touchdown of the game. Had 107 yards. No Chiefs receiver had had more than 85 or 84 yards on the season. MVS did 84 yards back in week seven. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Pete Sweeney next. Patrick Mahomes joins CDOT Mondays at 310. 610 Sports Radio. KCSP Kansas City. WDAF HD2 Liberty. Always live on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back. Chiefs get the win 31-17 in Las Vegas. Never lost in Las Vegas to this point. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Now it's time to be joined by the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Pete, good evening. We uh, talked a tad earlier today. I almost forgot what time it was. Yeah, yeah. It's good to join you after a uh, better performance than we had last week. No, it is. It's 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 up and down. But the one thing is the consistency of it. You know, you see what's going on in Buffalo. You see what's going on in Cincinnati. And all of a sudden, you reassess who you put on that top tier, which I've been talking to you all season long about that. It's kind of, okay, the Ravens are beating the Chargers right now. And you sit here and wait and like, and you wonder, and then you see what the Chiefs are doing, and yeah, they struggle at times, especially offensively, but man, they just keep getting the wins, and all of a sudden you look there, and they're the Chiefs, uh, the number one seed right now. Well, until Baltimore finishes this game, they will have a bye week next week. Yeah, and this uh, game that, that's on right now is you know, still, still up for grabs as we go. It's only a one-score game. We'll see how it ends up going here, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think a lot of times because of where we're at in the Patrick Mahomes era and just the fact that, you know, time, time is finite. You only get so many years where you have the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You're just demanding constant perfection. And it's just, I think sometimes it's fair in, in a way, and, and sometimes it's not fair. And it's just, it's just hard to win every single week in the National Football League. You know, you're going to have weeks where you're playing a really good team, like the Chiefs were last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. And sometimes you're going to lose. But I think, you win most of your games and you could be somewhere in the realm of, you know, we see you know, 14 and three, 13 and four each and every year, you're going to be in a pretty good position to be at the top of your conference. And that's what the regular season is for Kansas city. It's about finding ways to be better. Uh, it's almost like the playoffs is a given at this stage and same thing with the division because they're able to do things that they're doing on Sunday. And it's all about, 
improving to the point where you're the best version of yourself entering the playoffs. And I, I just feel like some days are more significant than others. And today with what the offense was able to do, it, it felt a little bit more significant because I think we're always seeking like, what is the chief's identity going to be? I, I think they were really able to establish today. We have three weapons. We have Travis Kelsey. We have Isaiah Pacheco. And we have Rasheed Rice. And then one thing about it too, Pete, uh, you did have to wait a week. Last week was frustrating from the fan base, from the players, especially, you know, trying to fix it. You know, we're already deep into the season. You're going to be able to fix things. Now you get to dance with who you got. And the one thing I wanted to see today, when they were down on 14, I was curious. I was curious how they're going to respond if the defense, which did turn things around, but if the defense wasn't going to play well, and it started off the game horribly, uh, the Raiders were three for three on third down conversions. They were one of the worst on third down conversions in the league coming into this game. You had a rookie quarterback, a fourth-round pick as their starter in Aiden O'Connell. How are they going to respond? How are they going to respond if the defense doesn't keep saving them each and every week when they've had a down day? And, well, we got our answer. They hadn't scored in three straight games in the second half. They did the day. They changed things around with a couple touchdowns in the second half. But I think I was more curious to see how they'd respond if the defense wasn't going to play perfect and they responded how you'd how do you'd expect them to? Right, right. And I just think these past few weeks you've really seen other teams zone in on Travis Kelsey, and you haven't been able to have an, another player step up and and have the production and, and meet production that that he has when he's getting the extra attention. I just I thought it was such a significant day for Isaiah Pacheco and Rasheed Rice. Like the Chiefs really leaned into making sure they get Isaiah Pacheco touches and. I, I think you saw it during this game. There are times when he looks among the best running backs in the league. And if you're not going to have the depth in the wide receiver room, you got to run the football a little bit more. And you saw the Chiefs really lean into the run today. You ended up having the 20 touches for Isaiah Pacheco, five even in the passing game with Jarek McKinnon out of the mix. And then you're also able to see, okay, well, Kelsey's getting his extra attention. We can dish it to Rasheed Rice. You can see what he can do. Uh, yards after the catch. I, I just think it was a big identity day for what the Chiefs can be. And I hope that eases the tension a little bit of, do they have enough offensively to win in the playoffs? Do they have enough to win the Super Bowl? I, I know it is just the Raiders, and we'll see if they make a run for a wild card, something like that. But I just think the way that the, the offense looked and the way that they were able to lean in on these guys who haven't had to have these big games before, but they did today. I think it's just a good sign, a, a good positive sign and, and a step in the right direction. I just wonder how much confidence they can build. Like Rasheed Rice, you know, taking that next step. He did have a couple drops today that I'm sure he'd want back catches that he should have made, but he ends up with 107 yards. And the one thing about it, they were the only team in the NFL without a receiver over 84 yards in the game. There was MVS back in week seven. They just hadn't done it. Well, they did it today and they got that kind of out of the way with the receiver getting over 100 yards. But offensively, you're right. Kelsey's getting double and triple teamed. I mean, go back and watch it. It's not that Taylor Swift isn't at the games. It's that the teams are finally covering him the way they should. They're frustrating right. by punching him at the line. They're constantly being physical with him. And the Chiefs have got to have somebody else step up because that next guy, what Mike Singletary once talked about, the guy's not walking through that door. Well, they're not walking through that door. They need guys to step up. But maybe, just maybe, we saw Rasheed Rice turn that corner tonight. Yeah, and I, I think you even, believe it or not, we, we saw like a Sky Moore sighting. I, I, I don't know if Sky Moore is ever going to be that, that go-to receiver, but I, I think he can serve you in you know, some of those secondary roles. And 
if you are able to lean into Kelsey and Rice and Pacheco, then you can mix and match for the extra production that you're going to need. You know, I, I think these guys are capable of being in the go-to roles that they're in. I think you got a couple receivers. you got a tight end in Noah Gray who also found the stat sheet. I think you saw Justin Watson. That when they're in complementary roles, they're pretty good players. Just Justin Watson isn't good enough to play the role that Rasheed Rice was able to today, and I think you saw the difference where this is a big confidence builder for him. Uh, and now you're halfway through a season. He's got a lot of NFL games, a lot of pro games uh, under his belt. And now with all these games left, if he can become – a weapon, I mean, you, you could be looking at history here. I mean, it might be the best rookie receiver under Andy Reid since, like, Deshaun uh, Jackson in, in Philadelphia. And, I, you know, I, I just think that um, putting it together and, and having him be that guy for you, you know, could uh, end up being just huge when it comes time for the playoffs because there are teams that are good enough to curb Kelsey. Like, what are you going to do after that? Can you go to other guys and yeah. make them divert their attention so you can go back to Travis? And you saw a little bit of that today as well. And, you know, Rice has that game. Sky Moore um, showed some flashes today of why they, they went out and got him. We should see more of it, the three catches, 34 yards. But they're going to have to get yards after catch. And, you know, Sky can right. be that guy because if the defense is going to play shell defense, I mean, they're going to have to get yards after catch. Obviously, Rasheed Rice is good at that. Hopefully, Sky Moore can develop into it. MVS, we saw just one catch, minus one yards. We saw some blocking down the field with them, but I don't know where you stand with MVS. I'm kind of like, what you have is what I think you're going to get. I don't see, you know, we're seeing Rice take those steps, and I don't think we're done with Sky Moore, you know, taking those steps too. But MVS is going to be MVS. There's going to be games he blows you away and some where you're like, where's he at? Where's he at? But he did make some nice blocks, I guess. Yeah, at a certain point, I, I think doesn't matter how much money you make. I know that he's well ahead of everybody in the wide receiver room when it comes to salary, and I think there are just other players that deserve the snaps, and they're, they're going to probably give you higher quality snaps. So at this stage of the game, like to me, you you have to play the players that are going to help you win the, the best. And I, I just I think you're starting to see him get phased out. We'll see what the final percentage of this um, was when, it, when the snap counts come out. But even last week, he was sub-50% of the snaps. I think the Chiefs are starting to realize the ceiling of their team when they're given some of these younger receivers the snaps, and you're seeing what they're able to do when they are are able to get into a rhythm in the game. And I I think it's important for the younger players, too. Like, I'm I'm not completely out on Sky Moore. I think there is a development that can happen there, but he can only develop if he gets the playing time. And to me, um, if MBS is not going to be giving you that production, then you might as well give it to some of these young receivers, certainly Rice. Uh, and then even more in, in Tony when he is finally able to stay on the field and, and, and be healthy. Uh, but a good performance. I mean, I, when yeah. you didn't have Kadarius Tony after last week, and I thought it was a really nice game for Tony last week, and you hoped to have him this week. And it seemed a little bit dire when he suddenly wasn't available, but I thought the Chiefs receivers did a nice job today. It kind of last minute with that hit. But defensively, um, you know, we, we've been talking about the number one receiver not playing well. Uh, for the opposing team. Jacoby Myers made some great catches today. Six catches, 79 yards, and a touchdowns. Devontae Adams, five for 73. Legereus Sneed led the way in tackles. Sometimes that's not so good as a corner because it means they're they're throwing your direction. But I thought uh, that Sneed uh, had some moments today. He played extremely well. Justin Reed, nine tackles as well. This guy, I've said it all year, I think this guy's just having his best year he's had as a pro. And even we saw some Shamari Connor, my favorite pick in the draft, come away with three tackles. But finally, that defense, I don't know, Spags made that flip. They were starting to get blitzes from all over the place. Leo Chanel, you know, coming in and doing his thing. 
and we saw Trent McDuffie with the batted down pass. We saw Gart Loftus get the sack. So we eventually started to see the defense uh, kind of turn things around. Yeah, you knew it was going to happen. I mean, this is Steve Spagnuolo's got 20 years of experience and one of the better defenses he's had in a long time. And you're going up against a rookie quarterback. I thought the rookie, Aiden O'Connell, was actually pretty good at the beginning of this game, Jay. I mean, he was making quick decisions. He was decisive. But you saw uh, Spagnolo kind of make some adjustments at half and did lead to some confusion and certainly uh, much less production uh, in the second half. be curious to see you know, as we go back and kind of examine exactly what they did. But the adjustments worked, and it just was a completely different game uh, in the second half, both from an offensive and a defensive um, outlook. And uh, kudos to, to Spags for adjusting the game. And I just think generally speaking, after last week, there, there had to be a lot of self-doubt, you know, in both both um, sides of the ball even, just to, just in the sense of, you know, are we, you know, really good enough? And I, I think this game really could have tailspinned. Um, you know, they were down 14 nothing, It could have been 21 nothing. I thought it was a mistake by Antonio Pierce to go for that field goal um, prior to them even missing it. I just didn't understand why they wouldn't go for it when they were so successful on short yardage. Um, but again, uh, 14 nothing is quite a hole, especially after a week of maybe self-doubt uh, in both sides to be able to turn it on. And then you know, by the end of this game, they look like one of the better teams in the AFC once again. It's one of those tough things. I mean, going on the road and winning in the division, um, it's always tough. And thought the Raiders would be tough as well because it's Antonio Pierce. They're playing tough for him. Uh, they're fired up for him. But the crazy thing is, you know, Mahomes moves to 17-1 and against the division on the road. And, Pete, that is just an insane number. And the other thing, too, 17-3 and after a loss, it just goes to show you, okay, you beat them, but they're going to take it too hard. And to respond like the Chiefs typically do after a loss, that's impressive, especially 17-1 and on the road against the division for Mahomes. I mean, in 17-3 and after a loss, I mean, those are just incredible numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if you're a team that has the Chiefs coming up, you kind of hope that they win the previous week, right? I know you're probably contending in the AFC, but they, they always come out a little sharper. Um, not, you know, always, most times they come out a little sharper after, after losing. It really, you know, you could tell that it really ticks Mahomes off. And it was a little surprising to see the offense go out, uh, start so slow, because I really thought it would be like bang, bang, right from, from the get-go you'd start to see. But eventually it kicked in. Uh, and they were able to to respond well, um, and uh, and just because the Raiders, I, I, you know, a five win team, I I think they're a different team under Antonio Pierce. They seem a little bit um, like more of a team that could could force you to have an upset, and uh, an in division game where you looked really good. Um, I, I would say from the second quarter on. Good stuff, Pete. Did you, were you concerned a little bit with that start? Be like, oh man. This is uh, the Eagles' hangover game here because you keep thinking they're going to turn things around. They, you know, they have some pride. They want to turn it around. But man, they, like they really needed this one. This is one that was really, really needed from the Chiefs. Yeah, I just think to. I know it's a, a waning. It felt like a waning confidence from the fan base as to you know whether they could be the top of the AFC. But I, you know, I, I think sometimes that stuff can seep in. You know, especially when you're looking forward to a game all year. I know, like. The Chiefs were looking forward to this Eagles matchup and that measuring stick game. And you just weren't able to get it done. I, I, you know, a lot of that doubt can creep in. And I think when the first quarter was ch- changing the second quarter and even after the missed field goal when the Raiders were able to score again, yeah, I think you had a lot of that doubt. And that's sometimes a tough thing to, to get out of in, in the NFL. I mean, we've seen teams that we've respected right this year, Jay, get blown out of the water. Like I've, I've been high on the Jaguars. They've had a couple games where they get blown out of the water and you really start to question yourself. 
Um, but the Chiefs hardly ever get blown out. I mean, they always play close games. They're always in it. Uh, more times than not, they're going to beat you. Uh, occasionally, you're going to you're going to have that L, uh, but they're always a tough route when they're, they're coming off a loss. And I think you ultimately saw that today. It was good stuff, Pete. Good stuff for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pete Sweeney brought to you by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Pete, always good to talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Smell ya. Dang it. All right. Thanks, Pete. Mm. He did it again. Yeah. He never uh, ceases to amaze me uh, that Pete gets that in. But, uh, no, I mean, let's not forget now my home is 17-1 and on the road in the division. That Raiders game, you know, on the road in the division, his loss a couple years ago. Trey Wingo put this out earlier. The Chiefs moved to 17-3 and with Mahomes as quarterback after a loss. That's insane. Here's the ridiculous part, he says. The Chiefs were down 14 and nothing. With the win today, KC is now 15-11 and with Mahomes when trailing by double digits. That's a 580 winning percentage. No other quarterback is even at 500. Mm. That's a winner. Bing, and that's a winner. That's a winner. That's a winner. We'll take a timeout, come back here inside that locker room, plus looked at some facts and figures from the Kansas City Chiefs, some things that uh, that they've been doing each and every week, and we'll take your phone calls as well next. Hey, thank you, Jay. See you later. You're listening to the Arrowhead Fried Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 310 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And the Chiefs get the win in Vegas, 31-17. Jay Binkley back with you. Isaac Deer, producing the operation. Did you uh, get enough? Uh, I know you had another Thanksgiving to go to today, Isaac. You ready to uh, kind of put the uh, put the Thanksgiving away? You had enough? I th- I think I have enough. And I also have enough leftovers probably for the next week or so. Do you, uh, do you have any leftovers left from nah, Thursday? Nah, I don't. They're, they're gone. You demolished them? They're gone. Yeah, I mean, if I had just one Thanksgiving, those leftovers would have been cooked. But well, I only had one. You only had one. Perfect. I mean, but yeah, if you need any leftovers, Bink, call your boy. I'll make sure and I'll get you some uh, some leftovers on speed dial. Right? Yeah, this what a good weekend. This is one of my favorite weekends for football because you've got the uh, sit around and watch football day on uh, Thanksgiving. With the NFL, also some college football on, too. The Egg Bowl, Mississippi, Mississippi State at night. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, were on the first ever uh, Thanksgiving night game. Back in 2006, mm-hmm. they played the Broncos. Lamar Hunt had wanted, uh, you know, a game. There were these games to start moving around because nobody's in Detroit and Dallas. But Kansas City actually got the first uh, traditional Thanksgiving uh, Thursday night game against the Broncos. Well, they won. They won the game 19-10, to 10, so... Uh, I'm glad to have Thursday night football. Then Friday was great. Great college football day. Saturday, great college football day. And then the day there was great football in the National Football League. Baltimore leads uh, the Chargers 13-3. to um, In this game is the Chargers continually falling. Brandon Staley's gone. <laughs> he is as good as gone as head coach. And that kind of sucks because I like to see him flying around. He's a very average coach. What 
since Herbert's been in the league, what they, uh, they've won exactly as much as they've lost, and their yardage against is nearly identical for the teams that get yards against them and them that get yards. It's yeah. crazy. Crazy how mediocre they are with him as coach. I love it. Uh, I did see I did see that this morning. I think Herbert's, what, 30 and 30 in his yeah. career, and the points scored are almost as much as the points allowed. That's I mean, they, crazy. I think it's your mediocrity, man. <laughs> Absolutely, positively love it. Melts down the playoffs. Blows, what, 27-point leads? Mm. Yeah, that, that, that'll be one I'll never forget. And kind of circling back a little bit, you are you live, sleep, and breathe the I formation, all right? So is Thanksgiving, is, is that your favorite holiday? Or is there another one that, that I mean, I, like I'm a big 4th of July fan. Love oh, four, yeah. I love fireworks. I love the 4th of July. I love everything about it. Uh, Christmas, love that too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's – and then Thanksgiving's right there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a football holiday, man. Mm-hmm. Nearly perfect. Yeah. Family, friends, food, football, beer. What more can you ask for? Nothing. Exactly. Like there's absolutely nothing. It's perfect. And the Chiefs get a win to kind of culminate things before everybody goes back to work on Monday because I don't think anybody worked last week. No. It's pretty uh, thin out there. It was. Yeah, it was good. Everybody got to relax and uh, turn on some football. That Packers-Lions game was was unique, I would say. It's probably, let's see, you had the, the 49ers blowout win. Uh, Dallas blowout win. The Packers and Lions was a blowout for, what, 80% of the game, but then near the end of the stretch, and then it got close. But other than that, man, I mean, it wasn't a great football day, but it was football, and there was a lot of food and and beer, and and if you're a kid, there's probably some Dr. Pepper. It was a fun day, Uh, but I'm I'm more than glad, more than happy to be back here with you. It's good stuff. Can't wait. Uh, We have Green Bay next Sunday night. So uh, and then there's a Christmas Day game, the Raiders and the the Chiefs mm-hmm. on Christmas. Yeah, that, that's a noon game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, you know, kind of coming back to Green Bay a little bit. They they did show some flashes on offense. You know, Jordan Love's really coming along. Uh, it seems like he's only getting better. Um, the defense. Rashawn Gary is one of my favorite players in the entire league. I love watching that guy play. They got. They definitely have some guys, and and they're they're heating up at the right time. But. Um, you know, can't can't just walk over Green Bay. Well, it's a home sure. game in Green Bay. Again, I don't think you take anybody in the NFL lately because uh, if you do, they'll come back and beat you. Um, I think Houston took uh, Carolina Panthers lately. It's Carolina's uh, one win this year. It does happen. Uh, I don't know about the Texans today losing to the Jaguars at home, if they took it lightly or not. I mean, it was a big opportunity for them, big opportunity for them to take um, that next step. That's for sure. But Josh Klingler. Uh, we heard earlier, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, also from Fesco in the morning, had an opportunity to catch up with Creed Humphrey in Las Vegas. What's it take to kind of start slow, dug a deficit, and fight your way back out? Yeah, you know, I'm proud of how the guys responded after a slow start. You know, uh, you know, we really wanted this win. So uh, not only it's a divisional opponent, you know, it's a rival. You know, we're coming off a loss, so, you know, we were really hungry for this win. And uh, it was it was good to see the guys respond well, uh, you know, f- to some early adversity and, you know, come out and play really well and get the win. That's not the easiest thing to do, though. A um, couple, couple quick scores, you might not feel like it's sliding your way. What, what does it take? What's it take for a team to 
kind of buckle down in those situations? Yeah, just make sure we're taking it play by play. Uh, that's that's what you can do. Just control what you can control and don't worry about the rest. So, uh, you know, just take it play by play and uh, good things will end up happening when you do that. You guys had some good plays, obviously, in the run game today, screen game today. I was joking with you before we started rolling, you're going to want to see your block on, on <laughs> one of the screens near, near midfield. But um, that's just a joy for offensive linemen when you guys get out there and can put your pads on people. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, uh, Pop set me up really well on that one, so uh, credit to him. And he, he brought the guy right to me and uh, made my job easy, so thanks to Pop. <laughs> See, he's running so hard right now, too. When he's when he's kind of going and his legs are moving, it's got to fire everybody up, right? Definitely. You know, I'm you know I'm excited about how our run game is starting to progress, uh, you know, throughout these past few weeks. And, uh you know, we just want to keep building on it. And, uh, you know, he's he's playing really well for us right now, so it's exciting to see. It was a goal line situation, too. You guys just ran it and just made sure you ran it and ran it again. <laughs> um, is that some kind of been a point of emphasis, too? Like, we got to finish those drives. I think you were about seven yards deep in the end zone once uh, Pop <laughs> followed you uh, in there. But has that been a point of emphasis, too, to get, kind of get mean on those short yardage deals? Definitely. You know, uh, that's you know that's that's the territory we want to dominate in. You know, we want to dominate those critical situations, whether it's goal line, whether it's, you know, short yardage, two minutes. You know, we want to be the team that's dominating that game in and game out. And uh, if you do that, then uh, your chances of winning are pretty good. So, uh, you know, we put a big emphasis on, you know, making sure we're dominating those critical situations. Second half points has been kind of an outside story anyway. I'm sure you guys were aware kind of of the, of the numbers. Uh, a little more impressed with how you guys handled post-halftime for whatever reason that was had been slow in recent games? Yeah, you know, I'm just excited, you know, how our guys – Again, like like I said earlier, just taking it play by play. You know, you can't really think about too too many things. You know, you just got to focus on your job for that play. Do it, then move on to the next play. So uh, yeah, you can't really think too much about anything. Just making sure you're doing your job every single play, uh, every single time. All right, we don't have enough time for you to explain how when a guy has his hands up in your shoulder pads, you get a holding call. I'm, I'm baffled. <laughs> yeah, oh well. <laughs> Win some, lose some, right? Yeah, exactly. It's part of the game. <laughs> There's Creed Humphrey with Josh Klingler. I. I don't know if you saw it, but that on one of the screen plays they ran, Creed Humphrey, an absolute deep leader. I mean, what he does in open space, but this line, man, they have a touch of nasty about him. Like Creed Humphrey and Tree Smith, they will flat lay you out. Mm-hmm. Joe Tooney will, too. Joe Tooney will, but, yeah. to, but getting out in space with this yeah. offensive line, I mean, from the interior part of it, from the guards and center, I mean, it's insane. Trey, Trey is one of the nastiest guards in the entire league. If And, you know, offensive lineman, right? It's a winning lottery ticket when you get called to pull block and you see that skinny, small defensive back standing right in your way. You just go Well, it's hard to tell anymore because a lot of linebackers were uh, in defensive line, but we're safety 18, and 23. Yeah, That's what quarterbacks you, hate, by the way, because they can't identify yeah. you know, who's in the game. So you're saying the reason why the, the NFL is on, on the down low and <laughs> In offense is because linebackers. Well, it doesn't look as impressive <laughs> when you're hitting somebody with an eight instead of a 56, but they, you know, you're they, right. they changed the rules. You're right. But they should have been. But Isaiah Pacheco, uh, hard runner. And this was first game with two touchdowns, right? He hadn't had at least two in one game. We were both a little bit surprised about that because it mm-hmm. seems like he does. He did end up with 3.7 yards per carry. but was very effective in the passing game as well. Good blocking, good catching on the backfield. Isaiah Pacheco met up with the media after the game. Uh, this is a lot of plays out there. 
kind of taking it play by play. But yes, um, a great front up over there on defense. And um, for us, it had to execute uh, the O lineman, had to do the job. And for us, it's a strain to finish it. Um, came up, executed, um, just had to uh, keep listening to the leaders and play as each other. Do you have a different mentality when you know it's short in those situations? Um, absolutely. You have to know you have to get one yard, and that's the goal. Um, for me, get one yard. Uh, whatever happens after it happens, but for me, it's one yard. Did today feel different for you guys? I mean, it just felt like there was a feeling for the offense that happened right now. You guys run the ball hard and well, and, and the offense just seemed like it was good. Yes, uh, it's been said all week. Uh, play as each other, uh, play it together. Um, we uh, we was big on that t today. Uh, since yesterday, just building. Uh, Coach says, let your personality shows, and that's what all it takes for us. Uh, just keep being one another, uh, building one, uh, building off of one another's energy. For me, I'm bring it. So uh, I look forward to building off of one of my uh, other guys' energy as well. Try not for fun here after your celebration. <laughs> Yeah, I almost punted that thing in the stands. I I find where I'm glad I did. <laughs> Bob, you talked about energy. Um, is, is that one of the things that you, you want to do is bring energy to this thing? Because a lot of people talk about how hard you run and you have to play, you know, get up and start running again. Now, is that one of the things that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it starts in practice, uh, just day by day, uh, bringing the intensity. Because uh, when you're out there in the game, you got guys flying around. If you're not going as hard as you can, that's when uh, you get hurt and things happen. So my mindset is to go hard every day in practice. So when we out there on the field and game days, executing at a high pace uh, to allow Pat to get us open. Isaiah, last year we saw you get better as the season went on in your rookie season. Now we're seeing the same thing with Rasheed. I'm just wondering if you see any similarities of what you've seen Yes, uh, he's he's doing the little things, uh, staying in the building leader, uh, just asking questions and um, just following the leaders. And that's what I did. And for me, just having that mindset uh, of, you know, you want to get better every day. That's what we need. Uh, we need guys like that. And Rasheed's definitely one of them. There you go. Isaiah Pacheco there has five rushing touchdowns now. Matches what he did last year. Six uh, combined touchdowns with receiving and rushing. Five catches a day for 34 yards. Uh, to go along with his 55 yards rushing and his two touchdowns. But uh, well, remember that play. He got a first down and looked like, looked like he was going to punt the football. And this is what he said. Try not for punter after his celebration. <laughs> yeah, I almost punted that thing in the stands. I, I find where I'm, I'm glad I did. <laughs> I looked at you and I said, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it, Pacheco. Don't do it. Because that not only a fine, but uh, that could have been uh, a penalty as well. You and I were, were were gripping the table. I was like, don't punt it. Don't do it. Don't Could do it, Could have been a penalty. Man. Again, Chiefs four penalties on the day. The Raiders had a whopping – well, before I say this, remember the Chiefs get all the calls, right? Chiefs get all the calls. Nobody else does. Raiders had no penalties. No penalties. You, th you think the Raiders actually played tonight without any penalties? You're insane if you think the, Royal, the your Raiders played the day without penalties. <laughs> that it might be the, one of the biggest myths in football is the Chiefs, the Eagles, that team the Chiefs just played. That was the fewest penalties in the NFL from that team. They're the ones that get all the breaks. That's and we saw them get on yeah. one of DeAndre Swift's touchdowns. It's, a, it's insane. Hey, check this out. Uh, speaking of Buffalo Bills, we were talking about them earlier. This is impressive. This is impressive. Let's take a moment to uh, think about how impressive the Buffalo Bills are. This from Ed Werder. The Bills are the 40th team 
40th since the 1970 merger to have 500 yards, 10 third down conversions, and a positive turnover margin in a game. They're the first team to lose in that scenario. Teams were 39-0 in during today per ESPN stats and info. That's impressive, man. That's impressive. I guess that's almost like the Chiefs last week, 168 yards rushing, holding uh, Brown, uh, A.J. Brown to one catch, eight yards and five <laughs> sacks, and still find a way to lose the game. The NFL is a crazy place, man. It's, it's kind of like crazy. Kansas State. <sighs> having 32 yeah. first downs. Oh, Iowa State 10, and yet they lose the game. The game. Just insanity that happens. Yeah. Insanity that happens. So there's Isaiah Pacheco um, there. Um, I'll be honest with you. Rasheed Rice. And how they're going to be counting on him. They are going to be counting on him. He is what he is. He was the only addition this year. I know Richie James came over to his addition. But when's Richie James done something? He hasn't yet. Uh, he's played in a couple games. But it's been uh, Rasheed Rice turning that corner, becoming the only Chiefs receiver over 100 yards receiving. Receiver, not tight end. Receiver over 100 yards in a game. Uh, Dana Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, caught up with him after the game on the Chiefs radio network. Excellent this season after three losses, being able to come back and win the next week. But you elevated your game, obviously got the score here. Uh, how big was this win to be able to come in the desert and take another AFC West rivalry down? Um, you know, it was huge for uh, the Chiefs in general, uh, just because this has been a uh, rivalry, you know, a long time ago. You know, when it was, there was a lot going on with NFL football-wise. <laughs> Kansas City wasn't, you know, too much involved with the NFL at the time, so. Just kind of kept the tradition going uh, and just, you know, kept showing up for the family. Yeah, a lot has been made this week about, you know, the drops and the receivers and playing better. You guys showed up in great fashion. Now, many people think maybe you get down and not. You guys are pros. I've been in this position as well. Like, was it just a matter of just getting back out and, and handling business? Yeah, I mean, you know, every team in the NFL is good. So <clears throat> we just kind of got to prepare, you know, during the week of practice and, not really look too far down the road and just focus on our next uh, our next task. And offensively, you guys really uh, did a nice job bouncing back, getting down 14 points and then bouncing back in the fashion you did. And it wasn't by way of the defense creating a turnover or any kind of big plays. Didn't have a sack until the end of the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does that t tell you about this offense and the mindset and how you guys are just uh, the attention to detail, I should say? Uh, I mean, it shows a lot as far as, you know, the offense. We got a, a never quit mentality. Uh, we always want to keep going and keep finishing uh, the drive. We want to obviously score uh, in the box if we can. Uh, we got to score a field goal, we will, because we know we got a good, great kicker. But, I mean, honestly, it doesn't just show, you know, um, you know, our offense is, you know, doing really good. It shows, like, our team is becoming <clears throat> one and that we can depend on each other on both sides of the ball. There you go, Rasheed Rice with uh, Dana Hughes. Mr. Hawkeye is going to be celebrating Iowa in the Big Ten title game going against Michigan. Just like just like what everybody thought, right? Mm -hmm. Iowa, the Hawkeyes, and Michigan. You never know, though. You never they, know. They didn't cover 24 and a half, man, over under. <laughs> what the hell, man? That was, was insane. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was at 20 points at halftime. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I should know better. I should know better. Right. One of my favorite things about today was when I walked in and I saw you uh, with a Washington State Cougars hat on. I'm like, man, yeah. this guy. And then you told me about your uh, your Mike Leach hat yeah, collection. Yeah, Mississippi State one too, yeah. The legendary Mike Leach who unfortunately yeah. passed away. Big uh, Mike Leach guy. Man, one of my favorite audio bites from Mike Leach is uh, from Washington State when he was uh, the coach there. But We had many. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we love mascot battles, right? We love mascots. Oh, yeah. yeah, I just want to throw this in here real quick. First of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Um, uh, another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Um, unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then... Um, the duck, the duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the uh, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know... Because if that ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems, and then um, <clears throat> and uh, and you know you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone, uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu a buffalo's utterly outstanding. Well, but Butch, Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will, Butch will find a way. There's no question. The Kugel will find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and, uh, and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. Yeah, like, he went on about the gorilla. He brought the Pittsburgh State gorilla, by the way, in that. He brought up the gorilla. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the part where he's like, oh, for the beaver, let's see how long it can hold its breath. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Leach is one of one of a kind. <laughs> really you asked me about the hat is for Mike Leach. By the way, Andy Reid, congratulations to him. 125 wins with the Kansas City Chiefs. He now becomes the only coach ever to be the winningest coach for two, two different organizations as he was of Philadelphia along with Kansas City. The Chiefs hold the Raiders under 24 points. The Chiefs defense allowed just 17 points in today's victory of the Raiders. Marks the 11th straight game of 2023. The defense has held their opponent to 24 or fewer points. The streak of 11 consecutive games is the fourth longest streak in Chiefs history to start a season. Dating back to week 15 of the 2022 season, Chiefs have now allowed fewer than 24 points in 15 straight games, tying for the fifth longest streak in Chiefs history. Uh, 14's the record, 1991 to start a season. Uh, so the Chiefs are uh, close uh, to getting that as well. But thanks, uh, uh, appreciate uh, what Danny Reed's done here for the Chiefs. It's been an unbelievable uh, decade plus here of uh, football, and uh, it's been fun to watch. And the combination with Mahomes, I mean, sometimes we have to pinch ourselves. Kind of, it doesn't always look pretty. It doesn't look pretty at all. But uh, man, it's uh, man, it's been a, a fun, a fun ten years. The NFL record book for most games, multiple passing touchdowns, first seven seasons. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. 91 games, only 91 games, 66 times he's done it. Pey or Dan Marino's number two, 101 games with 65. Peyton Manning, 64 times and 112 games. Russell Wilson, 62 times in 12 games. And Andrew Luck, 58 times in 86 games. Again, 
Mahomes 66 in only 91 games as far as having multiple touchdowns. Travis Kelsey um, becomes the only uh, tight end ever to surpass 11,000 yards receiving um, in 154 games. Uh, Kelsey becomes the fastest tight end to surpass that number. So the fastest to get that number. He's not the only one to do it, but he's been the fastest uh, to do that. Um, so passes Tony Gonzalez. He's only done it 154 games. Uh, Tony Gonzalez took 191 to get to the 11,000-yard mark as far as that's concerned. Chiefs play a uh, red hot, uh, I don't know if you want to call them red hot, uh, Green Bay Packers team, but a Green Bay Packers team that did beat the Lions on Thanksgiving, and, well, that doesn't always happen. Mm. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting game. We'll see what kind of Jordan Love we get. Uh, no, when Jordan Love was an arrowhead, what was that? Two years ago? Is that two years ago? Last time we saw. Yeah, and his Jordan mom Love. was sitting like his mom was sitting way at the top near the clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that game though. It should be fun. But we know how good the Raiders were at the beginning of the game. They were getting all the third downs. Chiefs ended up uh, getting 23 first downs. Uh, the Raiders 16 in this game. The Chiefs. 360 total yards, uh, the Raiders 358 in this game. So Chiefs turns things around, and I was curious. How were the Chiefs going to handle if the defense wasn't going to be great? Defense only ended up giving up 17 points. That's fine. You're playing in Las Vegas. Ended up being okay. Defense kind of flipped around. But what was the offense going to do? Because they had to have some points. What was the offense going to do if the defense wasn't going to be as good but ends up being good? but didn't look like that at the beginning. But the Raiders take a 31-17 lead or win. Mahomes 17-1 now against the division on the road, which is absolutely insane. He moves to 17-3 after a loss. Uh, thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Thanks to Josh Klingler, chief sideline reporter, and, of course, co-host Fesco in the morning. And a big thanks to you, Isaac, here. You've been listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. They're going to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Kansas City! A defensive score by Nick Bolton. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Willie Gay Jr., 30-yard line, 20-yard line, 10-yard line, 5-yard line. Touchdown, Kansas City! We now take you back to regularly scheduled programming.